0: Oh, Super Ninfrundos! It's me, your game dad, Seth Macy, and it's NVC episode six hundred and fifty-one. Today, I am joined in studio by Rebecca Valentine. Howdy, heel turning industry legend, Cat <laughs> Bailey. I'm the villain in this piece. <laughs> <laughs> and from sunny
1: Los Angeles, I'm only assuming Jeffrey Vega. I'm just—it's just an honor to be nominated.
2: Is it sunny there right now, Jeffrey? I heard y'all got snow or something.
1: It's actually super cold, uh, (laughs) but uh, the sun is out. Okay. It's very confusing.
2: It counts. Seth is right. Hashtag mm, Seth was right. Super cold.
0: Like, oh, it's 45 degrees. Like, man, that's that's shorts weather in Maine.
1: Seth, they just uh, right, they just uh, did a state of emergency in California. That's really? how cold uh, 50 degrees is, is a state of emergency in L.A.
3: <laughs> no way. Look, L.A. has one job. It's to be warm. <laughs> that is.
0: <laughs> yes, to be fair, L.A. is supposed to be. You're supposed to be sun all the time. And every night, bonfires on the beach everywhere. And people just having a good time. That's Start all biking. anyone does in L.A. Yeah, that's what I was very disappointed when I first time I went to California and I saw it just looked like the Southwest. I was like, oh, there's like malls and junk here. Oh, but well,
2: what time were you there? Because if you were them. there during rush hour, everyone was stuck in traffic. That's I was the first time, time I went
0: to uh, the first time I went to California. I went to Palmdale.
2: <laughs> oh, I don't, so anyway,
0: no. we're not talking about Palmdale. We're talking about things that people like
2: <laughs> that. God. Oh, my God. The listener in Palmdale. Today. We're sorry. We're sorry to Palmdale. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: nah,
2: it's
0: it's fine. Nobody likes Palmdale. My wife's from Palmdale. She
3: oh, like, okay. Uh, that's,
0: all, that's fine then. Okay. I've, well, yeah,
3: then it's okay. That's fine. Yeah, it's still fine. Still yeah, fine. So. fine. It's like uh,
0: it's like if if Riverside was um, just in a different location. Basically. So <laughs> okay. Um, California humor for everybody. Pokemon Day. We had a, a day of just Pokemon. I don't know about you all, but I was out watching the Pokemon march by my house. I looked up in the <laughs> skies. Wish. They flew. It was pretty. <laughs> It was pretty eventful. That'd Pokemon be great. Day, but um, there was a, a. Let's see. We got a Pokemon Go plus plus. Just
2: the silliest naming convention since the new Nintendo 3DS.
0: It's very hard to Google.
2: <laughs> I bet. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because isn't like one is... of the pluses is like spelled out, and the other one. One is of like them a, is a, is actual both? a,
0: a rhythm, arithmetical sign, <laughs> of the plus, while the other is the <laughs> word spelled out plus.
2: Why. It's
0: and it's not even a streaming service. No, it's not a streaming service. Actually, Jeffrey, could you explain what Pokemon Go Plus Plus is for the listeners at home who maybe don't know?
1: I would love to. And uh, also, I want to shout out uh, IGN Deals on Twitter what? who helped me get Pokemon Go Plus Plus. And I didn't have to spell it because it was already <laughs> tweeted out. <for> me. <laughs> Thank God. Um, Pokemon Go Plus 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 actually in order to explain pokemon go plus plus we gotta we gotta take a a, a history trip back Ooh. in time uh <laughs> to pokemon go launched in july 2016 uh, oh, <laughs> but uh they did they released a, a a physical peripheral called a pokemon go plus and it was a little wristband that yeah. would help you auto catch pokemon and then that was like a, maybe a year or so after pokemon go launched yeah. and then in the year of our lord 2023 nintendo was like niantic was like hey Let's do Pokemon Go plus plus, and uh, they're gonna. It's a little. It's not a wearable anymore. It's like a little, like a medallion. Yeah, it's like a. It kind of reminds me of the gold and silver little like. Oh yeah, the Poke Walker they, they had. Oh yeah. yeah, and it it looks like that, but it lights up. You know, Pikachu's inside it. Uh, it's uh, it's very fun and, and it's kind of genius because like I probably was gonna buy it because I still love playing Pokemon Go, but the fact that it's gonna be mostly tied into Pokemon Sleep, which is a real video game that actually exists. I'm on the leaderboards
0: um, for Sleep, by
1: the way. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, it's uh, I, it retails for fifty four ninety nine US, and uh, I pre-ordered it because uh, I'm a fool. Uh, <laughs> no, because Nintendo will always uh, get me to. I just. I was like, I, I need this. I don't know why, but I do. Um, and it lights up. Pikachu's inside there. Uh, you can put it to sleep next to you. So it's kind of like, you know, like a little tooth fairy thing. Oh, cool. Uh, that you put next to your pillow. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's it comes out July 2023. So probably Pokemon Sleep will probably be around then too. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a physical thing for a game, which is kind of fun because like, you know, I love just having things.
3: Yes, <laughs> just to I'm own things. Huge, huge fan of things, <laughs> Jeffrey. Um, yeah, Pokemon um, Go. Jeffrey, I'm uh, playing Pokemon huge. Go again, so we should be friends.
1: I yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I will DM you my. Yeah, I need number. to
3: send. I need to send more gifts. Always more gifts. I love that you can pin postcards. It's like my favorite thing about Pokemon Go. Um, oh. More proof, by the way, that Pokemon is more of a lifestyle brand these days than an actual video game franchise, yeah, um, sure. as evidenced by Pokemon Sleep.
2: Yeah, that, that ex- finally exists, as Jeffrey said. Why, Why my
3: favorite kind of lifestyle. Is Why the download lifestyle? one of the million sleep apps when you can get this little peripheral for reasons?
2: Yeah, well, no, Cat, you don't understand. Pokemon Sleep is better because if you sleep, then it will tell you what sleep style you have. And it will tell you which so, Pokemon your sleep style is like. Uh, so I remember from the trailer, uh, it might tell you, you get goofy sleep like a slow poke. <laughs> or oh, one okay. eye open sleep, which I don't really know how the peripheral would, would know that. Uh, but you can unlock it. Enter Sandman
0: by Metallica.
2: But yeah, you get all these little Pokemon based on the kind of sleep. So it's this like little, it's, 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 look, it's a little bit like that one game they came out with a couple of years ago, Pokemon Brush Your Teeth. Remember that? What was that? that Poke- no, what? you're
3: making that it up. It was
2: not what it was called, That's... but it was. Po- <laughs> was
3: so, Relax, sleep, you wake up and you want to kill everybody. You got the red eyes.
2: No, seriously though. What was the Pokemon <laughs> Brush Your Teeth thing called? That was a real thing.
3: Uh, I mean there's po- so much nonsense I'm looking there. this
2: up right now I'm, I will not be times. embarrassed by this I know oh.
0: it's basically like the Krusty the Clown version of uh, merchandising
2: it was a cute oh my god we <laughs> need to bacteria, the bacteria. <laughs> it was a cute oh my god there it is, there it is. yeah what was this, this called is... Pokemon Smile thank uh, you this is actually
0: the cutest thing
3: I think i ever did
2: none of you there. ever try I mean I tried this for like a few days it's, it's, it's for children no I have it's not for really adults high, like, who know how to brush I have good brushing habits I do too but like Look, you get, and it does the little Pokemon on your head while you brush, and then right. you like collect these little cute guys. So it's cute. the art is really good. It's like the little—I uh, I can't remember what anything is called today. The, the, little, the little animated icons of the Pokemon that ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking of something. It's Someone in the comments cute. knows exactly what I'm trying to get out here, and they'll help me. Screaming. Thing. It's like a very and specific will... art style of Pokemon.
0: It's very cute. Wow. Anyway, I like lifestyle brand. Yes. Brush your teeth.
2: Yeah. Brushing teeth, well, going funny, on walks, uh, and sleeping.
1: it's called pokemon smile because like now pokemon smile pokemon sleep it sounds like it's like a robot trying to learn how
3: to be human (laughs) oh my
2: gosh (laughs) no it's trying to kill pokemon ai is trying to learn
3: how to be human
2: the like fantasy of pokemon from when we were kids was that we would live in this world and the Pokemon would live alongside us. So in that that scene in Detective Pikachu, the movie where it like panned across the city and it just showed like all these humans and Pokemon living together, we all looked at that and, you know, I teared up a little bit and I was like, oh, that was the thing that I imagined as a kid. And so, yeah, that's like what all these lifestyle brands are ty- trying to tap into. Like Pokemon Go is walking out in the world and exploring and meeting Pokemon that way. Pokemon Smile is like sort of a kitty thing that's trying to encourage good, healthy, clean habits uh, with Pokemon alongside you. And Pokemon Sleep is doing the same thing with Sleep Habits. Also, they're trying to make money. Money is the main thing
0: yes <laughs> i gotta say i was really surprised to see pokemon vape that was a real bad just chucking Not fat while I'm drinking clouds water, Seth. i'm sorry that was yeah but uh anyway uh, uh, pokemon vape isn't real um <laughs> sorry sorry vape nash but uh pokemon trading card game classic was announced which everyone is like really excited about that's gonna be so expensive I bet. It's oh yeah yeah it's gonna be a nightmare. Yeah, uh, Pokemon Concierge, a stop motion animation series for Netflix, which I'm oh, kind. Of, oh Red.
3: look at that guy! Red. Dude, whoa! Oh this my This is God. illegal. There's it's no a way this is legal. <laughs> <pen>. The state <laughs> of California is coming Red. up podcast now.
1: Yeah, oh. for for the listeners at home, uh, Red just went on camera and vaped a Pokeball. <laughs>
0: yeah, just a huge and just started like doing dragons and Please and, and don't circles smoke, and stuff. kids. Yeah, no vaping is is it's uh, it's not yeah. cool to jewel is what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the posters in my son's high school used to say. <laughs> and I'm sure that worked. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Unite is getting
3: Swords Zaceon, which I guess is a thing that I does anyone play kind of meaning Pokemon? to go back to Pokemon Unite?
2: I hear that okay. game is good.
3: It was excellent when I was playing it. Yeah, I had a great oh. time with it. I'm not normally much of a Moba person yeah. but the thing that i liked about pokemon unite was that it, the matches were very fast i was able to acquire the pokemon that i wanted pretty quickly the battle pass uh was a little slow to get through but i was unlocking things at a reasonable pace uh it's actually i i haven't kept tabs on it since it came out, but it was excellent when I was playing it. Okay. Um, very I addicting.
2: I didn't play it, but I've I've pondered sometimes because I, I was I'm not a MOBA person, but I got into MOBAs through playing um Heroes of the Storm. And the reason why I liked Heroes of the Storm is because it was all characters that I knew. I'm yeah, a big I like that nerd. one too. And so I feel like I would maybe get into Pokemon because like I already understand it helps you understand fundamental things about these characters. Like you kind of you know this Pokemon. Like you know you know what Pikachu's about, man. That. And so, yeah. if you take Pikachu, like, maybe you don't fully understand the best way to play, but at least you kind of know what your character's toolkit is going to be like. Like, I I guess, I haven't, again, I haven't played Pokemon Unite, but I guess, like, Pikachu is, like, probably, like, light and speedy and uses electric attacks, so maybe, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like I could probably mm. get get a handle
3: on that if I tried to play. It looks like it has mm. a uh, single-player mode of some sort, which is interesting, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Pokemon Unite, The only, my only thing is that I would want a team mm, uh, yeah. to play along with me because playing with randos is just... Kind of the worst Oof. experience in a MOBA when Evergreen. you Evergreen. Yeah. You go yeah, in yeah, and you're night. like, okay, this is what has to happen. Where are they going? Oh, no. Yeah. You're either the new person who's like out of the loop on what you're
2: supposed to be doing and you feel like you're dragging everyone down or you're the experienced person who's mad at the people who are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So
3: what you do is that you, at least at my time, I would pick somebody like Score Bunny and then just go jungling and get really high and just go like kill a lot of people and get very high scores. Good
2: job. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. Everyone else should get good. Yeah, good, good.
3: Greninja was it
0: good. It was, uh, it was quite a a lot of you know kind of harder core Pokemon announcements on Pokemon Day. You know who hates Pokemon Day? Poke Garfield. Oh, uh, anyway, Seth. Uh, what? Wow. Oof. Yikes! What was wow. that about? Hey, Pokemon wow, Masters wow. EX is getting rally with six classic trainers. <laughs> who's who's not stoked for that? A lot of stuff happening. One thing, however, conspicuously absent, and it's probably the most obvious thing, Kat, this is something that you uh have been uh considering and pondering. And I'd like to hear what you have to say about what was missing.
3: By God, that's Kat Bailey's sound music. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, uh I wrote a column for IGN.com, should be up by the time this podcast is up, um, titled Uh Pokemon Needs Uh, the Game Boy games in the eShop more than ever um, because I I was just thinking back to the Halcyon days of, I believe, 2016 when Pokemon Red and Blue came out on the Nintendo 3DS and it was a great moment because Pokemon Red and Blue to that point had not been connected to the mainline series and so all of a sudden it was connected to it and it was an opportunity to go back to those games with fresh eyes and I discovered that actually the original couple generations held up really well, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed them. And I've kind of come to prefer the OG games, and a lot of people are with me. I mean, there's a thriving community still playing Pokemon Fire Red, for example. I see it on Twitch all the time. There are randomizers. There are people who are going on Nuzlocke runs and such. But at the same time, especially with the eShop closing, uh, these games are becoming harder and harder to access again. So now is the time with Game Boy and GBA now available on the Nintendo Switch for Game Freak to release these games onto the Nintendo Switch so that we can have that sense of continuity again. Um, I'm speaking as somebody who's personally pretty out um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, but the thing is, in order to be able to enjoy the Pokemon games, I don't think you have to play the latest and the greatest. The thing that's wonderful about Pokemon is that there is a sense of continuity and connection between the oldest games and the newest games. And your Pokemon can live on all across them. It's kind of a interesting take on a live service game. One of the OG takes yeah. on a live service game. So more than ever, I would love to see the first three generation of Pokemon games available on the Nintendo eShop with connectivity to Pokemon Home. Hopefully that is possible and there's not some kind of technical problem <laughs> probably there is because yeah mine <laughs> is terrible i mean and my ultimate my ultimate dream is that pokemon stadium was also released and that the game boy games are uh, able to connect with that as well but yeah. that's that's probably too much to oh my God. too much to too much to no hope no, no no dream too big much. i want to, i want pokemon stadium back because pokemon stadium was excellently good yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I, I feel this really hard. I, I sort of run into this problem where um, I occasionally get the question, you know, if, if someone has a Switch and they want to get into Pokemon for the first time, like, what do you recommend to them? And right now, that's actually a really hard question. And I... I know people are gonna boo me for this, but I actually tell uh, people Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Ooh. Hear me out though, because they, they, they're usually Heal-turn asking cat. for like, what game is going to give me the best idea of what Pokemon is about? And I actually don't think any of the other things that are on the Switch right now are great examples of that. Like, <clears throat> Let's Go games are very good, but they're very like Pokemon Go-ish and there's nothing else like them. So if you play that and then expect that to be sort of the general Pokemon experience, then you're gonna be really confused. Um, Sword and Shield are, like, I'm not super high on them. Like, I think they're okay. I think they're, like, super linear. Um, The online is kind of messy. Um, I I think you could argue that maybe Sword and Shield is the actual answer to this question, and I think that's the strongest argument against Diamond and Pearl, but I'm still not super high on them. And then Scarlet and Violet are a tactical mess, which I have more things to say about, uh, and still continue to be. So if you're looking for, like, the most standard what is a pokemon game thing that is available on switch right now it's currently brilliant diamond and shining pearl and i actually like those games quite a bit um i i know a lot of people have issues with them but i think they were completely competent remakes of diamond and pearl sorry it wasn't platinum uh but but what cat's suggesting would solve that problem right because if suddenly red blue yellow gold silver and crystal arrived on the switch via this via the nintendo switch online
3: what? And Emerald.
2: And Emerald uh, and Ruby and Sapphire. If they all appeared tomorrow, all then I would, them. in a heartbeat, say, oh, my God, go play Crystal. Go play uh, Emerald. Like, play one of those. Like, th- those would be, uh Mwah, they're so good. Or spend five hundred
3: dollars to buy an analog pocket. Do not do a this. Copy of Pokemon Crystal. I mean, do this if you want, <laughs> but don't do this if you like have never played Pokemon. Before. Actually, if you buy an analog pocket, you can get the FGP, uh F- whatever, the cores, the emulation cores on there, and you can just emulate it. Oh, we yeah. do not endorse piracy on this podcast, but we're we do endorsing a lot of. <laughs> we're not endorsing a lot of things today. Nintendo releases the eShop games. Then I say, go and get, go and preserve Pokemon Crystal. Yeah, (laughs) sure.
0: There
3: it is. Jeffrey, are you preserving? Are you considering preserving Crystal?
1: (laughs) I uh, when you said Emerald, I was like, uh, Pokemon Ruby was my first Pokemon game, and I'm just like, I that was that was the game where you could make like a little home base. Mm -hmm.
2: Oh, yep, I remember exactly where mine was.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and yes, and it was just like, oh my, I'm just thinking about being able to play Pokemon Ruby on switch again, which I feel like is far away. Cause I know they remade it for the three DS. Yeah. So Those remakes like, are pretty good, but I mean, they remade, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, it, yeah, it is weird that they didn't, that they didn't release uh, that stuff. Cause like, cause also Pokemon stadium. And then I feel like we've talked about this somewhere else, but like the kind of connectivity between Pokemon stadium and the game boy, like uh, games in terms of like bringing it over with the little game boy Advance link switch. And like, Nintendo could just do all that. So you Just do it. Uh yeah, Doug Bowser, I know you're listening right now. Let's
3: <sighs> let's make it. it happen. Jeffrey. Yeah. This is a mini rant for me. What you're referring to, the secret bases? I loved them. Mm-hmm. I loved going to the battle tower and getting stuff and trophies and decorating my little secret base. I loved going to my friend's secret bases yep. and fighting them. I loved contests. Mm-hmm. I love all of the little I loved the Battle Frontier. Loved it. I loved the Pokémon World Tournament. It's all gone. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. And I guess their internal metrics were like, oh, most Pokemon people don't play this. I would take these a million times out of a million million over raids. I I find raids just the worst concept. Please, 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 please please give me back the Pokemon uh, World Tournament or the Battle Frontier. But I know that's never going to happen. So I'm just going to play Pokemon Emerald if it ever comes out on the eShop and I will be happy. Okay. I like the concept of raids. I wish they functioned. Yeah, it would be nice if they were, like, good. Yeah. We kind of already get
1: raids in Pokemon Go. Like, give us home I bases.
3: Yeah.
2: I, yeah. I mean, that's sort of the thing, right? Like, they they have expanded the scope of this game to this massive open world, and therefore the amount of time you have to make a game, you know, you're spending it making a functional open world. And when you're making a top... I don't mean to say that making any game is necessarily easy because I think making games is very hard, but I feel like when you're making a top-down run-around little sprite guy game, you have maybe a little more bandwidth to create different kinds of experiences.
3: And Pokemon is just a different company than it was 20 years ago. It
2: is.
0: I mean, we've all been been through some stuff
2: <laughs> the last
0: 20 years. <laughs> to
2: say the least. <laughs> the world has changed. There was uh, also
0: an announcement of DLC coming to Scarlet and Violet, but Reb, what's, uh, what's your current opinion on Scarlet and Violet?
2: Well, so before we got to the DLC... Um, we also learned that there's going to be a new patch and the new patch went live for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet earlier this week. And I know a lot of people were hoping it would fix a lot of the game's worst performance issues and bugs. So I played for a few hours the day the patch came out. And well, it does look like some of the more egregious bugs were patched, uh, to be honest, Scarlet and Violet is still kind of a hot mess. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give Game Freak some credit. It did fix some very specific things that mattered to people. Um, There's like an issue with the Pokemon Dondozo that made him like way OP and competitive, and that got patched. Uh, There's that weird bug where HP just sort of fluctuated all over the place and terror raid battles and that seems like it's gone and there's others too like they, they fixed a bunch of stuff but Game Freak also says oh it, well Game Freak also says that it fixed the issue that was making the game crash randomly um, and that feels like it should have been maybe more urgent uh, but I'm glad that's also supposedly over um, but like, most of those annoyances that I originally had when I wrote the review for this are still there. Uh, so, like, terror raid battles are still a total disaster between connection issues, lag, and other jank that makes it difficult for even competent teams to finish a fight. Um, I did manage to get both event Pokemon, but only after sitting around for an hour trying to queue into raids. And when I finally Ugh. got in, I would lose because of the weird lag. It made it just, like— so I- I couldn't hardly get any attacks off. Um, and then running around the world, too, it's the same. There's still tons of pop-in. There's weird clipping through the world. There's strange visual glitches happening. Uh, Mesa Gosa still looks like a bizarro Alice in Wonderland world <laughs> where people just appear out of nowhere and flicker in and out of existence. Basically, it's becoming clearer and clearer to me that a lot of my biggest issues with Scarlet and Violet aren't performance problems per se, but like actual design flaws. The Terra Raid system is just designed this way with its frustrating queue and weird, like, timer based online play, and the world just looks like this. It's not going to change. These games were broken at launch and are also fundamentally designed in this weird, cobbled together way that feels unfinished or in need of more testing or another year of development or something to bring them on the level I would expect from this franchise. And And also, not to just keep harping on this, but I saw on the Pokemon subreddit that there may also be a bug now causing people to permanently lose save files when pairing Uh, with Pokemon Go to send postcards, which is a new feature. I saw one person on Reddit claiming that like 500 plus hours of gameplay down the drain and the, the usual save file recovery method that you can do through Nintendo didn't work for them. And So anyway, like none of this has me exactly jumping up and down to buy this DLC that's already on sale without showing a shred of gameplay. It's just a mess, still. I Dang. hate it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So, do you think that Scarlet and Violet has like permanently damaged the Pokemon brand as no! far as the games? No. No. Do
3: you see how many copies it sold? We just talking. Well, about, I mean, Seth, about how did
2: it's you a see Pokemon brand. Smile? Okay. It's
0: no. I meant the brand as far as the game. Like, do you think next time they announce a game, like the new Pokemon game, and it's uh, do you think you're... What what is your level of excitement going to be, or do you feel like they? They've kind
3: of... The Pokemon community has been toxic for years, like for f- <laughs> at least five years at this point. Pokemon... And the games sell better than ever because they're mainstream and a lot of people don't pay attention to that stuff.
2: Yeah, Pokemon is like so ubiquitous now that people just will buy it. Like I – every – so many of the comments that I read on my review or so many of the discussions about this I've seen online have been, yes, we acknowledge that it is broken in all the ways that you have said. And we agree with you. You are not wrong. We don't care. And we like it anyway. And we are going to keep playing this. And man, that kind of breaks my heart a little bit as someone who, you know, played basic, I I did play every Pokemon generation at some point growing up. And know the quality level that we could be asking for from this and it really makes me nostalgic for that that top-down adventure
3: hey the games are still there they still exist just get them on eShop (laughs) they are they're great i had such a blast going back to pokemon emerald and playing uh playing with my old team on battle frontier i was like wow this is a really magical experience i'm remembering why i love pokemon so much at this point and honestly i I'm really mad at Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, but when Pokemon Home compatibility comes in, I'll import my old Pokemon and (laughs) play through it. I don't have any interest whatsoever in doing any of the raids. I'll kind of mess around, I think, and grab some of the Pokemon that I like and then move on with my life. But I fear fear that the direction of the franchise has just kind of left me behind at this point and that this is pretty much it just the end of the road for me i'm yeah. just all old games from here on out
2: i'm not i mean i'm not quite that cynical like i i did really love a lot of things about scarlet and, <laughs> and violet like i love what what are you
3: Join like? me and my cynicism <laughs> no i no i just love cat just did this beautiful
1: monologue and I was like oh, I'm not that cynical here's why I love <laughs> no
2: no but but that's but that's why I felt so I felt so conflicted in my review because I do like sort of the thing at the heart of it which is this big open world where you're exploring and running into Pokemon that are popping up you know out of the grass or hanging out in a tree or this hoppet being blown by by the wind or a Magikarp flopping on the shore like that's all really cool to me and I love I love the spirit of that idea it goes back to the thing I was talking about earlier about seeing this world where Pokemon and people are living together like I I would love them to go more in that direction. I just, I don't know. I don't know what the secret it's is. A like, disaster mess. I don't
3: have a lens yeah. to like look at. I mean, people—they should hire people who know how to make an open world. The if
2: internet is don't. full of speculation Ooh. as to what is going on they don't at have Game have Freak good that is causing. I don't know that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they need more time. I don't even know if they need more people or different people or what it is. But whatever it is, I just really want them to like figure it out
3: it's a fundamental thing for me right i want the idea the direction that they're going but good it's just one that i don't care for okay like this is me speaking specifically i like raising my pokemon i like exploring that world i like doing the solo events i like playing competitively and they kind of ruined competitive play for me personally when they did the 2v2 change years ago. Years and years and years ago when they fully adopted the, the VGA rules with doubles. I hated that at the time. I still hate it because to me, the essence of Pokemon is singles. For the love of God, that's the main game. <laughs> Why would you make doubles the competitive game? they are, like, are no it's double battles so and, and It's, it's the weird. worst. <laughs> and, then, and then now they're going in this raid direction, which is just the okay. most repetitive and terrible stuff. I and they they've given up on any semblance of solo content. I just don't know what Pokemon has for me anymore.
2: Okay. So the raids are very much end game content though. Like you
3: I don't like the end game content. I was always in on the end. There's game.
2: other end game content too. Like there's <laughs> what, what? Stuff, there's legendary pokemon to find. There's
3: like sure. hidden stuff. But like the po- finding the legendary pokemon in this game is really bad. Like the the weird boss battles that they do it feels so janky. What? What are you talking about? I mean it's not a regular turn based battle when you're fighting the legendary battles, right? I mean Okay, am I wrong? Are you like thinking Pokemon about Arceus? Scar- no, I'm thinking of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. There's the gyms. Yeah. And then there's Fighting Team Rocket or mm. whomever. Sure. And then there's catching the legendary guys. Who are they?
2: The I was talking about the guys behind the mysterious stakes. Like there's these sure. secret legendaries at the end. It's just it's a It's actually
3: my my personal metagame has become find the legendaries. Like I just want to have every legendary because there are okay. too many Pokemon at this point so yeah like that's kind of what's kept me going through the years
2: did either of you play pokemon or am i totally forgetting some other thing just, that's going on so what cool. are,
3: no i played it i are just do oh, are you
2: talking about the guys in the caves with yeah the, oh no those are terrible no those aren't legendaries. that's a different <laughs> thing what
3: is it cavemen some guys <laughs> some guys some big pokemon <laughs> i didn't care for it um i it's uh different it's a, and those hats why are they crystal
2: okay pokemon with cool hats rules we're, we're so cool. basically, wow. you are let don't
0: us know like, in the comments what you think about cool hats. You folks. don't
2: like the design direction of Pokemon overall. I think the core ideas are there. I just want them to like spend time to make them functional and pretty I, I and agree. smooth. That's let's, that's where ex- I'm at. Please execute. Yes, execute. Okay. Let's execute yeah. and then you know, oh, yeah. can so cool. Glad, glad yeah. we got here.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was the best.
0: That was. I mean, like, <laughs> thanks for listening to NBC. Like, that was an incredible conversation about Pokemon that I just was like glad to be a part of. I
3: speak from um, the heart. Oh, no, you're I right care about this. I know. Series. I can so tell. Both of I you. You. I've been playing Pokemon since it came out. I did yeah. not grow up with Pokemon. I was a teenager when it came out, and I love it. It's one. It's one of my two or three favorite franchises ever. Mm-hmm. And so when I speak from a piece of deep frustration. With the direction that this series has gone. That's all I'm saying. I feel kind of uh, about like Final Fantasy,
0: I think, the way that you feel about Pokemon. Where I just want turn-based games that are kind of don't ridiculous. Don't get
3: me don't... started on Final Fantasy. <laughs> <Wow. just> <laughs> <We'll> get... <laughs> I'm going to flip this table. We'll fight again if we
2: have to talk about 7 Remake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that man i i want them to somehow port 7 remake to switch just so we can have that conversation oh, between the two of you but this we can't horrifying but we c- i know, i know it does it'll but be on we the cloud about-
3: no oh.
2: hello anyone but i'm just- cloud oh yeah. oh yeah yeah cloud oh. version thanks. thanks guys <laughs> i was taking
0: you literally i was like yeah that's the guy's name his name is cloud so, I, was no I was laughing. I was just on just mute. S-
2: I'm going to die.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, my clunky segue was that uh, I, since I do like turn-based RPGs over the ones where you run around and like it's essentially turn-based, is that, uh, Reb, you've been playing Octopath uh, a lot. Yeah. And uh, I the only one in America who's beaten it, as far as I know. I'm interested to hear where you're at with Octopath Traveler.
2: Where I'm at is sort of an interesting question given how nonlinear this game is. Um, I was fully prepared not to like this, actually, um, because I had just... I'm going to talk about Chained Echoes later. I had just come off Chained Echoes, which is another very, like... Kind of more traditional turn based RPG. Um, I mean, it's got like its own quirks, but th- they have a lot of similarities. And so I was fully prepared. I, I started playing Octopath, Octopath 2 and I was like, oh man, this is kind of exhausting to do just two very similar styles of RPG back to back that are also very long. Uh, but I have not been able to stop playing this. Uh, it's very good. I think what I like the most about it is because I didn't play the first Octopath either, so I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, but I love Live Alive. So I started playing this, and I love how open it is. I started with Hikari uh, because he seemed like the most traditional, like RPG hero. Like he's he's a warrior yep, type character. He's you know got a kingdom the, to save. Good one. Yeah, and I've been having this wonderful time because Hikari. So you you start playing and you start with one character's chapter one, and then you can kind of just wander off in whatever direction. And whenever you arrive in a town, if your character, if the characters in your party have like a story, like another chapter in their story, there you can start it. Um, they put like recommended levels for them to be at or if there's like a new character waiting for you there you can meet up with them have them join your party and then it will flash back through their what their initial chapter is to sort of get them up to speed on where they are when they meet you Um, and then you go off together and i'm having this wonderful time with hikari because he's like this He's very noble and proud. He's, you know, like a prince. And he's got this, this kingdom that he's trying to reclaim in his story. And he's But he's also very soft-hearted and he's very sweet. And so I'm enjoying this sort of, like, mental headcanon of Hikari trying to get to his chapter two, which is all the way across on the other side of the map. Like, it's really far away from where he starts. And along the way, he keeps picking up all of these other people who have, you know, similar... Like, they have problems, but they're all much lower stakes than his for the most part. Uh, and they just keep, like, sidetracking him. Like, all the kids in the car screaming McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. (laughs) And instead of driving through and getting a coffee, he actually is like, okay, fine, we'll stop at McDonald's. And they stop at McDonald's over and over and over again on this trip. Uh, So I'm like 25 hours in. I finally have my entire party of eight. And I finally, like two nights ago, had Hikari get his chapter two. And it was this huge catharsis because I think I've done chapter twos for everybody else at this point. I've I've gone off on all these wacky side quests with great farmers and missing sons and all this other stuff. And then Hikari finally gets to the thing he was was actually, trying to do in the first place, and then they're like, "Okay, well, now you got to go all the way back across the map." Great, this poor guy.
3: <laughs> we just talked about oh. Octopath Traveler Two on Acts of the Blood God. We had Jason Schreier on from Bloomberg, and hmm. he he said, loves this. He loves this game, yeah. And he said that the original game was basically a tech demo. Interesting, like the real thing, like the huh. fully fleshed out. Everybody seems to like the characters a lot more yeah, in I like this them. one.
0: Definitely um, better characters in this one. Speaking
3: as somebody who bounced pretty hard off the original Octopath Traveler, I'm actually excited to play this one now.
2: Yeah, yeah, the characters I, are really good. The music. Oh my gosh. Square, Square the music Enix, is
0: phenomenal.
2: They have just a heck of a composition department over there. Wow. Mm, yeah. Every single I, track. Uh, I my partner and I play video games side by side and usually one of us has headphones on and every time I pull out Octopath, you know, I'm usually like, "Hey, I think it's my turn to have headphones." I'll put them in. He goes, "No. You need to listen to Octopath too. Uh, I'll yeah. put on the headphones. But then he like, you know, kind of takes them off and listens cuz it's so good.
0: I don't think it's a spoiler to say the final boss music
2: Oh, I bet it's a, yeah, I bet it's a banger. is maybe uh,
0: I'm going to I'm going to say that the final boss music in Octopath Traveler 2 is as good as the final boss music in Final Fantasy 7.
3: Wow. Mm. One winged angel caliber? Wow. Yep. Does it have vocals? It really
0: is and the good news is you'll be listening to it for a very long <laughs> long time yeah
3: some um, of these fights
2: already are getting are a little long for me i think
0: there's uh the one of the things that i gave this a, a seven because it's a good game okay but after i finally beat it which took me like 10 or 12 hours like multiple tries and the you know it took like over an hour and a half the time that i finally did beat it
2: like just um, the boss fight
0: the final boss yeah wow yeah yeah get strap in for that one um <laughs> but that fight alone made me re- i was i made me revisit the score and there was like a lot of back and forth between tom and dan and, and myself being like i you know i'm like ah
3: you know
0: that that it's a the whole game is a seven to me it's it's a good game but the boss at the end now that i finally like like what it i had to do to accomplish beating it
2: mm-hmm. and the
0: sort of preparation that i had to have made me think like maybe i should give it an eight as a great game but it's like then i you were well, no it. it's not Maybe fair to say down that, to was oh. six
3: wow <laughs> After, like, <this laughs> no no no, no. like fight. i'm saying
0: like um i was so like impressed with what was asked of me not just you know you can grind way over level in octopath traveler 2 and it is not going to help you
2: interesting um,
0: you can go in you know you'll stay alive longer than if you were under leveled but you actually have to think out a strategy. You have to know everyone's strengths. You have to sort of um, uh, set their uh, their their abilities and their skills and items and everything in like in a, in a way that works. Um, Actually, I think I explained it in like one of our Slack channels, Reb, and you're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, you didn't explain like the
2: details, but you just explained how long it took you. And I I was very, that was when I was just starting to play. And I was like, ooh, I don't know. I think I might bounce off this, but.
0: I was getting really frustrated. But then when I beat it, that's when I was like, well, maybe this is an eight. But I was like, I ultimately decided like, it's not really fair to say that like 78 and a half hours of the game are seven and then like that yeah. 1.5 hours at she the end. You put 80 makes hours into, into this game. It's a lot of hours. I put 80 hours. Well, I put 80 hours uh it's probably more than that because I did die so many times and just <laughs> Too many hours, man. That's a lot of hours. It's a, it's I can't a lot I'm about of about to do it. Especially on a deadline. And I did only like two or three of the side quests. Oh, really? I have wow. been doing the side quests. Crap. I haven't done any of the post-game content. And uh, oh, spoiler! There's post game content. I think everybody. Oh
2: my god! Everybody
0: knows that. Oh, wow, yeah, it's gorgeous. So, well,
2: I guess this will sustain me through up to Tears of the Kingdom, then.
3: Yeah, it's uh, man, it's <sighs> sadly I'm... it seems to be doing worse than the original game. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, as far as sales, oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, I think maybe because it didn't get the same word of mouth as the original game did. Yeah. Maybe. Well, because the original I came think... out quite early. And yeah the nintendo, it was a nintendo switch exclusive and it came out quite yep. early in the life cycle yeah um, so it feels it was one of those games special, that though.
0: they showed when they were like hyping like hyping mm-hmm. the switch they like i remember seeing octopath traveling be like oh my god that's i i need that game in my life yeah everyone We'd lost it. mind because like the hd2d yeah. was we never seen the hd2d before that or as far as like i know oh, and uh, head, yeah. like and i and i addressed that in my review like i i like i i gave the first game like a 9.3 or something like i loved it so much and then this one, I didn't feel like meaningfully improved. I, I don't know. People are mad no. at me because I, because everyone's like, well, uh, every other outlet's giving it a 10. Uh, Octopath uh, said it's the best Octopath no. Traveler
2: game ever. I mean, I mean a review is down. your I mean, personal opinion, and that's your personal I opinion. I think so it's far I'm a little opinion. more high that's on right. it than you overall were, but, but uh, that could change. I mean, I do, I think my main critique of it so far is that, uh, pacing wise it ends up being kind of uneven so it's once you've collected everybody's ever like everybody in the party you've been to enough towns that because you can fast travel between the towns but you're sort of trying to like get through everybody's chapter twos maybe the beginning of everyone's yeah. chapter threes so that everybody is like on an even level and so basically I'm at a point in the game where I'm spending a lot of time just fast traveling between towns and then watching long cutscenes. So I'm spending yes. a lot of time with like cutscene play on auto, my controller sitting down next to me, uh, you know, all the voice acting on and just kind of like just sitting there, maybe checking my phone occasionally because it's just hours of cutscenes all back to back before I finally get to a point where I actually have to run through a dungeon and do something. Um, yeah, and that's I, the yeah. biggest
0: problem I think is, or was for me that like after like 25 or 30 hours, it kind of, it's starting to feel a little samey. Yeah. Like it definitely dips down and it picks back up again. Like, yes. Don't get me wrong. But the the middle section of this game is, uh, is kind of tough. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's I
2: good. That's it's what good. I'm hitting it's right good. now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I recommend sticking through it, but it becomes less of like, oh my God, I need to get through this to see the next part of the story and more of like, oh, you know, I, I'll do some grind and I'll move the story along a little bit. So Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a good um, game. Jeffrey, have you played this at all? <laughs>
1: No, but I, uh, I like, I love watching all the gameplay of it. I'm like, this looks so pretty and it's, fun. it's and really beautiful. It, yeah, yeah. I, I do the, the music thing too is like Ugh. something that's very, like the way you guys talk about the music. I'm just like, okay, okay. Like, how good could it actually be? Like, I, I need to know. <laughs> it
2: doesn't have a bad track so far. I've not heard yeah, a single no, bad there's track. Not... Everyone, I'm just like, mm, nice, yep. lovely.
0: Reb, who's your, uh, who's your favorite character?
2: Ooh. Okay so hikari is my soft cinnamon roll boy and i want to protect him uh (laughs) i really like temenos i like really entire intro chapter i was like wow i hate this guy what is this guy's problem and then by the end of his intro chapter i was like okay this guy's kind of cool and now i really dig him okay i would i uh... would totally watch i'm really into um poker face right now so I'm kind of into like detective stuff I'm kind of oh I
0: thought you meant the hit by Lady Gaga
2: no so I'm into poker face and I was also really into Midnight Mass and now I kind of want to see these two combine I want a priest detective serial that's what I want where it's like this guy who's kind of like Th- this Temenos like middle ground of like being a-, being a bit of a doubter, but also being in a position of like spiritual leadership and trying to like balance those things, and then also doing detective stuff.
3: I we were going to say yeah. Ryan Johnson should do an RPG, which I fully.: Oh,
2: I agree with that too. Ryan Johnson, if Ryan you're listening Johnson, to this, make a video game. Let's get an RPG out of you. Let's go.: <laughs> a-,
0: a Ryan playing game.: This year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals, so I subscribed to a service that streams
1: That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
0: This is the story of Harry Dalowitz, and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg
1: Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: My favorite character was the, is, is the little monster girl. She's awesome. I can't remember her name right now. Oh, Chet. What's her name? Oh, Odette. Oh, Chet. Yes, Oh Chet. Yeah, she's the best, and she has the best powers. She can she can capture monsters and then use them against other monsters. Yeah, that's fun. And by the way, do that as much as you can. Just a little pro tip for your late game um, ease of use. Also, hire people. Hire people. Really? Yes. Uh, For late game. Yes hire people or whatever get them to follow you trust me trust me do i want you're gonna want as much help as you can get okay i'm an expert i'm the only person in america who's beaten (sighs)
2: uh, traveler you just named the two things i have not i've aggressively
3: not been doing in this game a little bit of ign game help for you go check out the ign.com wikis they're amazing there it is traveler too Mm. they're amazing
0: And while you're at it, sign up for IGN Rewards, where the Lil Gators are Game of the Month. And have you heard
3: of? uh, Yeah, no. (laughs) IGN Plus. (laughs)
1: Yes. And you heard of Pokemon Go Plus Plus? (laughs) Well, this is
3: IGN Plus Plus.
1: (laughs) At all,
0: it's
3: a little
1: IGN logo that you
0: that you put under your pillow. And you sleep to next to it, and it wakes up and it gives you a seven
3: on your sleep. So. <laughs> Sounds like a great uh, April Fool's joke, actually. Who's <laughs> oh, <well,
2: laughs> yeah, making the so... April Fool's joke this year? Oh, no. <laughs> Call them.
0: <laughs> uh, I want to I want to bring the curtain back a little bit and let everyone know we usually have like a big pitch meeting. Yeah, the pitch the meeting's coming
3: up.
2: We
0: it this it's almost year. time. Oh, is it coming up? Okay. I, know, I assume.
2: Yeah. We haven't, I don't think uh, we've had one.
0: <laughs> no. It's almost time. I think it's, yeah. Um, hey, Fingers Peter. Are crossed. I pitch it every year, the Razer Gaming Toilet. I think this is the year. <laughs>
2: we got pretty close on that pitch last year, I thought. like, well, Apparently there's a script. Like a script is
0: really for the Razer uh, RGB Gaming Toilet. Is so. it like
3: that episode of Bob's Burgers where the, the toilet's alive and they're trying to save it? <laughs> Have you seen it? No. I feel like it's great. It's basically E.T., but Gene is trying to save a toilet. Aww.
2: I feel like last year we ended up going down a rabbit hole of like, create inventing a whole line of, of of weird gamer products like the gamer vacuum the the gamer pasta maker I, mean, I don't know
0: most of that stuff we got to the point where razor uh had a, a, a ventilator mask or
2: yeah i remember that they made which that i bad.
3: have that that was not good yeah it was a bad no it wasn't certified in any way they're no. like don't use this this thing that lights up it's actually terrible yeah i was gonna
0: say but it's rgb app controlled so like who can who can deny what is it glowing coolness?
2: yes yeah that's yes. rgb oh, lights on it it should be it's obviously good
0: it's water falling so <laughs> it's all very cool um all right i'm not going to talk about rgb mass or, or, Wait, or does it doesn't have a bidet yes yeah, so of course it has. it's the razor gaming toilet of course it has a bidet it Has everything It she's monster needs. energy drink so it's <laughs> just making sure yes um all right this one actually we sort of threw this in last second because i was going through the question block questions and i was like oh this would be like cool for us to talk about and this is this was sent to us by tim vandermage who says what's up nvc crew oldie but a goodie Rank the Nintendo controllers. And I've asked the panel here today to rank the controllers, keeping in mind that the list that I have here in my notebook, written in cursive, by the way, because I'm fancy like that. Good job. With a pen that is uh, reusable. Very heavy. You can hurt it. So I've written it down. Here is the official (laughs) list, and you're allowed to argue with me, but I will not change. So number five. Number five. NES Advantage. The fifth... Best Nintendo controller. Look at that thing. Oh, number four. <laughs> Switch. Switch. No, no. What oh, yeah. is that? NES what advantage. is that?
2: Why is That's that good? That's the NES
0: advantage. So that why are we looking best? at this
3: and not the uh, Statue of Liberty controller from Ghostbusters 2? What? Oh, my God. From <laughs> Ghostbusters 2?
0: Yeah. yeah. What is this? Well, it's, who?
3: The- it's the NES
0: advantage. It was an, It's an official uh, Nintendo controller. It's, gi- it's just a giant uh, like fight stick. And I know... That if your if your friend is mad at you and he throws it and it hits you in the knee, it hurts. Real,
3: real in bad. In the nineteen eighties, so. Nintendo was more of an arcade developer in many ways, and this was hearkening to the arcades because people wanted an actual joystick rather than a D pad.
2: I have yep. really small hands.
3: I I, I okay. think you would be okay, but yeah, the you'd, be per- are you'd be enormous. Perfect. It it's doesn't gigantic. look gigantic. It's the size of a book. You put it on so. a table and you're like doing it like this because it's yep. like an arcade cabinet. I'm so too young for this podcast, and, and, clearly. Well, and you can direct the Statue of Liberty with it, as we've seen. You can direct the, the Statue with a,
0: with a pink slime on it as long as you're listening and, to, uh,
3: oh my God, what is that song? Higher and higher. <laughs> Thank you. Your love keeps lifting me higher. The, number four.
0: Number four. Switch Pro Controller. This should
2: be way higher on this list. I don't even wrong, know what's above it, wrong, and this wrong, is already wrong. 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 This yeah, is
0: it's going to make sense <laughs> when I get to the next it ones. absolutely but that the next one, number three. This is going to cost. Don't get to argue. Uh, this about is going to get okay. revved. at me. Let us. Uh, number three Wii U Gamepad. No. This is the what? third best. Ooh.
3: Who did this? <laughs> I did this. I have it written right here in cursive. All right. Wii U Gamepad. Is single-handedly Amazing. tanked the Nintendo. I I'm proposing
2: a coup, <laughs> Jeffrey. You're the new host of Nintendo Voice Chat. <laughs> Wrong, no. So He's you, super this, uh, it's Jeffrey you like Vega. this Fisher
3: Price like <laughs> looking little tablet thing? Yes. It's a baby yep. tablet. <laughs> this thing could kill I a man. That was could, not as so much expensive as and class was a need. pack-in. It was a necessary pack-in. It had a terrible screen, I might add. It you couldn't take away like more than like five feet away from the Wii U. No, and Also, because they packed it into every Wii U, they had to have it at a higher price than the actual console should have been, which depressed sales and then kept it getting from the third-party support that it needed to be. Arguably, the Wii U, like, tanked Nintendo for years in the console market. That's
0: because everyone in the world just didn't see how great the third-best Nintendo controller of all time (laughs) is. Why do you like the Wii U controller? I just like the way that it feels. I think it's
3: really neat, and I have a lot of... He just um, thinks it's neat. It's just neat. (laughs) I just just think it's neat. It's like a potato. (laughs) I, guess, I just think speaking of somebody who has fairly small hands like you, Reb. Yeah. I uh small hands. <laughs> I I found that thing just to be so uncomfortable. Same. Really? Wildly. See, uncomfortable. I have very large hands.
2: Memories um, so Memories of this are what genuinely one of the main things keeping me
3: from buying a Steam Deck. I kid you not. Uh, The Steam Deck feels slightly bigger, better, but it's still huge. Yeah,
2: I've I've held one. I mean, I have tested it out. I felt like
3: I had to rest it on my knee when I was playing games. And then there came a point where I was like, I can't play a Wii U game unless I'm using the regular controller. But then I was trying to figure out how to turn on the Wii U... Without actually using the gamepad, and the Wii U's like, no, you need this gamepad. It's <laughs> yes, going to be a dual screen best. experience, and then they didn't even really use it for most games, except maybe sometimes it's a menu thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was right. so wholly unnecessary. All right, all right, we're destroying you, Seth. I was not Sorry. look.
0: I was trying to be honest and truthful here. I was not trying to troll. If that's what you think, because the next two, I think, will we'll probably you won't think are is is ridiculous. So number two, the best. The number two best Nintendo controller Wait, of can all I time. guess
1: what it is? Yes. Uh, based on the Wii U GamePad being number three, I think the next one is going to be the Nintendo 3DS Circle Pad nope. Pro
2: extension. <laughs> Wrong. No, no, <laughs> no. Nope. I know Seth put a GameCube controller in here somewhere.
0: Well, maybe I did. Maybe I did. <laughs> he had to have done it. The number two controller. Super NES controller. Best. Mm. Just the best controller. Maybe, really? Yeah. Mm, it's okay. how is that controversial
2: would you play a game with this thing now yes, yes. would you play a modern game with this thing
3: now well, of course I mean, not would you play Legend of Zelda Alo-
2: Tears of the Kingdom with this <laughs> no, I mean, no, it was a, no, it was a good
3: controller for its time for its yeah. time it was better than the Sega and- Genesis controller yeah, where they literally some, had some to release facts. a six button controller uh, to be yep. able to I don't know play Street Fighter on it I can't believe this beat the pro controller
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the um The benefit or the advantage that the Super Nintendo controller has (laughs) is that it does have those uh, concave and convex buttons, whereas the uh, Super Famicom controller doesn't have that, but it has better aesthetics. Like Everything about the Super Famicom is aesthetically
3: better. Seth, I know this isn't going to be on the list or at number one, but can I just throw in that I really like the NES controller. The old, original, rectangular one. No. It It hurts my hands to use. I know a lot of people will say it's too pointy. It is. But... I, it just feels right to me. I, after so many years growing up playing the OG Mario, uh, the the form factor of it, the the D pad, the two buttons, I'm like, I feel like I can play real video games.
2: What is going on okay. in here? That was my. That's actually my
3: sixth, <laughs>
0: my number six pick. So uh, I agree. But um, yeah, the the number one uh, Nintendo controller of all time, and I don't think this is controversial. In fact, I think everybody agrees with this. Is the wave the GameCube Wavebird. It's uh, like the best controller ever. It was excellent, so, yeah. Yep.
3: I, I, I think this should have been so number two mine. after the Pro Controller. <laughs> the Pro. Here's the problem with the Pro Controller, Rev. First of all, the D-pad on that thing is terrible. It's uh, not great. What are you using a D-pad for? Retro games. Well, yep. um, fine, fine. Uh, uh, any 2D <laughs> platformer, that kind of thing. Um, the see. other thing is that there's some fairly significant input delay, I think, with the uh, Switch Pro Controller, which kind of stands out to me. Especially when I'm playing old games on it, to the point where I feel like I have to go back to the um, the the real, the normal Joy Cons, which have drift. Um, So I don't think there's a (laughs) really great answer when you're playing on the TV, but the Switch Pro controller is good enough. Um, I'll allow it. I do love the form factor. It's a a pretty solid controller um, overall. I'm just saying that it has some flaws, and I do agree that it's better than the Wii U gamepad. Okay, by, I'll
0: like, love it. A large. I mean, agree, factor. agree to disagree on that one. Oh, there, red comes in with the the. I was going to say, Dark where's Horse the power, power glove, my dude? The power
3: glove. The power glove. The power glove. Well, actually, it was by Mattel. But oh, um, I mean, and could and I just say that the disrespect to the Wii remote is incredible. Yeah, the Wii remotes were fun. The Wii remote not was revolutionary. It was really cool at the time, introducing okay. the the motion controls, it's and my it was seventh, very, but, uh, okay. shall we say, flexible mm-hmm. in the way that. You could turn it and you could turn it into a Nintendo an NES style controller playing yeah. um, old N- Nintendo games. It All was right. not perfect, but yeah. It was pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Especially once they got the motion plus. Yeah, I agree.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm glad you well, didn't put the N sixty four controller on here. I genuinely when I saw the Wii, the gamepad, I thought this was a troll list and I thought I was gonna see the N sixty four controller. Oh, it's not a here. troll
0: list. If I'm doing a bit, you'll know I'm doing a bit because it'll be.
3: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I'll talk, say I'll uh, say over and over again how I'm not doing a bit in spite of all. Evidence
3: <laughs> real talk contract. though, the uh, the timelessness of the GameCube controller, thanks to Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, um, it was only grown in esteem over the years, yeah. and um, that Spice Orange controller, I still have one. Um,
0: Super good
3: Spice Orange. More things could should come in Spice Orange. You mm. know,
0: I. Uh, the, the best thing to me about the GameCube, the WaveBird, the GameCube controller is the trigger buttons, the way that they feel yeah. with their springiness. Slide. There's, no, there's never been, even with uh, the, the, the DualSense having like robot inside of there pushing back against you, yeah. it's still nowhere near as satisfying. as just And then you listen to it, it's like That was a real sound yeah. effect. Yeah. It's so good all right well i'm curious if any of you have your five favorite nintendo controllers of all time
3: mm. oh um so off the top of my head i uh really enjoy the famicom av dogbone panel um that's oh that's a, a good one hole. that's a good one um i really I, I do actually think the super nintendo controller is pretty good um the wii remote should be on there probably at like Number four, I do think the original GameCube controller should be uh, number one. I think Switch Pro controller should be on there. That was a really solid one. A lot of love for the Wii U uh, Pro controller, actually. uh, Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's actually a very good, not the least because it spared you from having to use Mm -hmm. the Wii U (laughs) gamepad. And how do you how do you check your TV if you don't have your Wii U gamepad out? How do you watch football? Truly. Um, I never owned an NES Advantage, so I never really got a chance to uh, use that one. So
0: it was uh, it was it was more of a uh, of like a status symbol among my friends. Like, mm. what you have the NES Advantage, and being able to play like Mario with it was like, oh, this guy's on the on a different level than you or I. Like, we're looking. Uh, at the year 1987, and he's looking at the year NES
3: Advantage that is used to pilot the Statue of Liberty in the future film Ghostbusters 2 from 1989. <laughs> yes, I, um, I, 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 like I said, I never owned an NES Advantage, and actually, there are fewer controllers than I initially thought, given the longevity of Nintendo. Um, because yeah, so yeah, GameCube obviously king. So, all right, anyone?
0: else want to chime in jeffrey do you have any yeah
1: i i, I want to I, I feel like i'm gonna get canceled for this but i do <laughs> want to defend uh the joy-con controllers i know they're terrible with drift and they have their problems but i appreciate how small they are I'm with you because and i i think i have i don't know what's a normal i don't think i have small hands not not that that's you know bad or anything uh but like i and i know people with bigger hands can can maybe disagree here but um, when I'm playing, uh, I like to play Fortnite on my Switch, which, mm. full disclosure, is the worst way to play Fortnite, uh, but, it, <laughs> yeah. but it's fun to play it, uh, handheld, uh, oh, no. oh my, uh, oh, my, God. my camera, uh, bye, Jeffrey, died.
2: uh, Jeffrey turned <laughs> am, into, Jeffrey we can still chances. hear you, okay, this I can still, happens. okay, yeah, you can keep talking, uh, yeah, this sorry, for uh,
1: audio listeners. yeah, sorry about that, uh, my, something happened with my camera here, uh, um, but, uh, my, uh, The uh, sorry, I'm not flustered at all. (laughs) The Joy-Con controller (laughs) I love because, like, when your thumb is on your right thumb is on the camera icon, your your thumb can also reach the buttons, and it's it's nice. I feel like with the other like Xbox or PlayStation. I'm moving my thumb a lot more between the right stick and the buttons and then Joy-Con's just all right there and I don't have to do anything about it which is Mm -hmm. nice.
2: Yeah, I actually agree with you. Like if I had to make a list right now it would be like GameCube and Switch Pro Controller probably like tied for first because I can't decide and then second place Mm -hmm. Wiimote and honorable mention for the Joy-Cons and for the same reasons you said like Drift is bad. I'm with you. The Drift sucks Uh, and I know people with larger hands hate them but I have very small hands and the Joy-Cons are the perfect size for me and I also really like all of the motion sensing capabilities because I am a giant Ring Fit Adventure dork and I love that I can plug them into these peripherals and run
3: and squeeze and lift and all these other things. and In praise of the Joy-Con, yeah. wonderful colors. Great colors. Oh yeah. I love the flexibility of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it I, I think the Joy-Cons really made the Nintendo Switch. Yes. The way that you could pull them out and put them into the little plug thing. Um, it's surprisingly easy to get a lot of different Joy-Cons mm-hmm. on there. Um, and yeah, like, uh, it was, uh, really smart. I, I don't think that the execution yeah, was pr- particularly great on the, uh, on the Joy-Cons, but I, I think that they were one of the smarter pieces of engineering that I've ever seen from Nintendo.
2: If we ever get that yeah. Switch 2, I would love to see like a, like a, it- Something really interesting is happening in my ear right now. Um, I would love to see like an improved Joy-Con with it, like oh, like a a, a, com- a yeah. more complete execution on the idea that they so had with they, the original. It'll have
0: ones. those Hall effect sensors on it, and it'll like that's the hot new thing right now that all H D D
3: like rumble or whatever. Oh yeah, included, which might have honestly thrown off uh, the Joy-Con and caused the drift. It's funny because like you know yeah. we don't get and that. Nothing in games, really, really uses it. The last yeah, time so. to like the little. Uh, glass the ice in a glass
2: yeah i remember mario odyssey actually used it in a way that i thought was really cool like a lot of the subtle things you were doing uh with cappy would have effects like i remember uh using cappy on the zippers and then like zipping across that one world and you 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 felt the rumble felt like a zipper unzipping or uh when you dove into the the ocean that was made out of like carbonated soda and you could feel the psst of like Dream soda fizzing every day in your joy cons I thought that was very very cool and then never saw it again
3: my experience mm-hmm. often has been that I'll be sitting and playing the switch quietly and then all of a sudden my switch will start going <laughs> like it's vibrating really loudly and the rest of my like household will be like are you okay and I'm like I'm trying to turn off the rumble oh my god <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is weirdly
1: like the harshest rumble I feel like Nintendo's ever made for such a small joy con but it's funny too also back thinking when Reb when you were talking about Pokemon how it's like yeah this is the biggest franchise ever and the games should be the best thing ever and they're kind of broken and we don't care I feel like that's the same way with the joy con where it's like why how is Nintendo still not fixed it like I know you can get it for free uh get it fixed for free uh and uh it, it is it is depressing I'm like this should be Nintendo switch is like the biggest it's like close to being the biggest console ever like it should be it's crazy that it's still a problem. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm i sad about it.
3: It's a numbers game for Nintendo, because I'm sure that they thought about it. And they're like, the amount of money that it would cost to redesign the innards of the Joy-Con and put out new ones like, isn't worth it. We'll just absorb the PR hit. People can send in their Joy-Con to get fixed. And hey, there's a side benefit, because when the Joy-Cons start to get wonky from Drift, they'll probably buy new ones. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And we have enough money Man. to settle all lawsuits about it. Mhm.
0: Maybe they'll give us a $5 coupon like they did back in the 80s for settling their antitrust lawsuit. But I never spent my $5 from Nintendo, so You got
3: $5?
0: Yeah, they sent everybody who like bought a Nintendo. I don't remember what the qualifications were, but you just get like a coupon for $5. off you didn't off use a it. Nintendo thing. No, because like um you know that was those were the days when you got like one game a year maybe two games a year
3: so the i funny was like i used the coupon on another nintendo game and nintendo was like thank you
0: <laughs> right they, they lost nothing no. it's, it's the same with all those class. The, the the lawyers are the ones who who really get rich off of class action lawsuits but this isn't law talk this is nintendo voice chat and now it's it's me verse which i think cat like i would like to start with you because you get to talk to uh, the 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 man who made my knees literally weak when I was in his uh, sphere of influence. So could you tell us about uh, who you met at Super Nintendo World?
3: Yeah, I wasn't on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago because I was actually at Super Nintendo World. And Jeffrey, you also went to Super Nintendo World. <sighs> and yeah. it's pretty awesome, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, uh yeah, it's we're, we. Bo- I can't believe we weren't able to go together, but I got to see Mario and Luigi, and you got to see someone even cooler.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. So I did get to interview Shigeru Miyamoto, which is definitely on my career bucket list. Um, it was very exciting, and I I don't normally get nervous before interviews because I've done a lot of interviews at this point. But... You're industry legend. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I I was actually a little nervous. Going into this one. And basically, the PR people picked me up right outside the gates and brought me into this little lounge. And there were like 20 people in there, all of Shigeru Miyamoto's handlers. Miyamoto was not waiting for me. He was standing and he was talking to a bunch of people over on the side. And they sat me down on the couch and I was like fumbling around for my iPad. And then he walked around. He was sitting directly across from me. I'm like, "You're Shigeru Miyamoto," but I did not say that. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was trying to play it cool, and I was like, "Oh, uh, Mr. Miyamoto, I love your park and everything." And he um, he would alternate between doing that big Shigeru Miyamoto grin, which you would recognize anywhere, and then like leaning forward and like thinking really hard, like very pensive in, in thought. Um, it's obvious that he can understand English uh, pretty well because when I was talking, he was like visibly reacting, but he does not speak English at you or does not wish to. He's He's gonna speak Japanese to a translator because he can. Um, and we had uh, I only had about 30 minutes with him and it's quite challenging to interview a Japanese speaker or a foreign language speaker in the course of 30 minutes because they have to translate the, the question and then translate the answer. Um, thankfully, the translator was pretty quick. I asked him um, a lot of questions about the park. He told me about um, Hiroshi Yamauchi, uh, apparently once going to Tokyo Disneyland and looking around and being like, we should make a Nintendo World. In Kyoto and Miyamoto, who actually has a degree in industrial design, so he could have been a Disney Imagineer oh. if he wanted to be, uh, wow. was like, "I don't think we can do that." But then, of course, they figured out <laughs> that uh, they could partner with Universal and everything. Um, I asked him why he hates stories so much, <laughs> and he just—I uh, thought his answer was kind of illuminating. He said, "Oh it's yeah, not yeah, that yeah, I this hate is stories. My favorite part—it's that I see stories as a means to an end." basically they're a way to learn the game i'm always going to be really gameplay focused some people are really story focused but at the end of the day i see story as basically being subordinate to gameplay sorry i'm paraphrasing you mr miyamoto don't get mad at me he's like Um, pounding on his desk right now no i asked him why there was no mario game even though we're getting a mario movie and a mario amusement park and they gave me a very stock canned pr answer (laughs) <laughs> um, and I, I asked him, um, when he's, if he, like how much longer he can go. And he's like, I'm still really busy. I've still got multiple amusement parks to open up in Orlando and Singapore. And then, uh, when I was wrapping up, I, uh, stood and he stopped me and he said, did you find the Pikmin? And I was like, no, no, I did not find the Pikmin. he's like, And so, Mr. Miyamoto told me to go find the Pikmin in Super Nintendo World. I did not find the Pikmin. What? Ultimately, I looked. Did, or do you know where they are?
2: No, I'm, never, I'm not. Like going, Did, you
3: were like, "What?" I didn't, didn't even no, know. I this can't was believe a thing.
2: you were given one job. I was given one by job. <laughs> Mr. Miyamoto. I know,
3: and well, you didn't take this quest. A, that obviously. Pikmin had his keys. He couldn't get home. <laughs> obviously, obviously, I need to go back. Yeah, clearly. Yes, just we just all
2: need to go, go. We all
3: need to go and find uh, the Pikmin. Super Nintendo great. World was itself was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um the sightlines of walking out of the pipe and seeing the actual park spreading out before you was really cool. The AR nice. ride and the Mario Kart was extremely well done. I was like, "Wow, the theme park has come so far, or theme park technology has come so far." And the tiramisu was first class. Oh, like, go I was going to ask, how was the vegetarian fair? Terrible. The, uh, so there's like oh. no vegetarian fair, uh, uh. but tiramisu. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So uh Super Nintendo World, I give a ten out of ten and my <laughs> interview with Miyamoto an eleven out of ten. <laughs> Go read it on IGN.com. Absolutely.
0: I just uh, for whatever reason I just assumed like you and Miyamoto like went way back and like you've interviewed oh, yeah, we were like five times.
3: I had never really seen him before because he's actually quite hard to get an interview with uh, especially these days, because he's busy, and Nintendo yeah. only makes him available on special occasions. He doesn't have to take interviews, right. uh, so it's a little bit of a bucket list item. It's it's like a cool opportunity to actually be able uh, to talk to him, and it's challenging in the sense that if you're trying to get headlines or uh, speak to him in news terms, he's not going to be particularly receptive. He likes to be mm. more intellectual, yeah, uh, which is what which works really well. Uh, with very glossy cover stories that you'll find and say, I don't know, the New Yorker or something, and IGN.com. So, yeah, it yeah. oh, was really cool. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, I, had to I do uh,
0: that. There's a segment in the, there's a Netflix documentary about video games, and uh, Giles Goddard, who I spoke with last week or the week before last, yes. and there's a segment in there where he's talking about like their office, and Miyamoto would just sometimes just come in and they'd be like programming away, and he'd be he'd be like, yeah, clouds and trees <laughs> and just like be talking about stuff that had nothing to do with video games and they kind of just realized like oh no this is just how like miyamoto's mm. brain works he's just like thinking about things and then you find out you know five years later oh he 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 just invented a new tree
3: <laughs> talk, so, um, every story that i've heard about shigeru miyamoto is that the man is a workaholic and a company man to the bone mm-hmm. um, if you look at old documentary footage of him working on mario 3 he would always. He would be wearing, like, the standard Nintendo uniform, which was, like, a jumpsuit mm-hmm. at that time. Oh, wow. Um, or, like, he would be wearing, you know, very basic office, like, the typical salaryman outfit um, at, at, while working at Nintendo. He would was known for being there at all hours of the night until, like, 2 in the morning, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and seemingly, he's going to be working at Nintendo for as long as he can work at Nintendo. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, yeah, that's kind of awesome for us. I don't know if it's great so. for well, his family, but in his view, he's kind of handed it off to the next generation, right? Like, um, he he himself is kind of working on like, now I get to work on amusement parks and movies. Cool. So,
0: wow. I'm very envious of like both of the things. Like you got to go to super Nintendo world. It's like, ah, oh, lucky. And then it's like, oh, and you get to spend 30 minutes just like talking to eh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Me and my like,
3: best friend, uh, Mr. Miyamoto. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, now everyone knows if you go, you need to look for the Pikmin. Like yeah, find look for the, Pikmin. the Pikmin. And it will actually tell you where Mr. Miyamoto is at any given moment. <laughs> it's it's a sentient poke, uh, pick. I almost said Pokemon Pikmin, but, um, Reb, you had some things to say about Chained Echoes. I mean, you touched on it a little earlier, but...
2: Yeah, I actually beat it like a month ago, and I just haven't had a chance to talk about it on this podcast. Uh, It's really good, is mostly what I wanted to say. Like, it came out, what, in December of last year? And I, I don't know that we've ever brought it up on NBC before. Maybe not.
0: I, you like it better than Octopath. I started playing it and I know that I was like, oh, Reb, you should check this out. But I don't know if that was just like off camera or...
2: Yeah, I can't um, remember either. Uh, so you asked me, Kat, if I liked it better than Octopath. It's hard to say because I'm 25 hours into Octopath and I finished Chain Deco's at 60 hours. And so like the complete experience of Chain Deco's I really, really liked and... Yeah, I think I like it a little better than Octopath at the moment, but I feel like Octopath has plenty of room to change my mind. Um, It's just, it's beautifully done. It's made by a very small indie team, like shockingly small for the size of the game. Uh, I think, I think what I liked about it the most is it, a lot of, a lot of games, indie games that try to be RPGs, uh, like top-down turn-based RPGs these days, I think try maybe a little bit too hard to mm-hmm. be like uh, reverential toward the great classics of RPG them, and, yeah, what I and they loved end up
0: feeling about, derivative
2: yeah and what I loved about Chained echoes is that it absolutely includes references like it, it's stuffed full the the first cup the first like minute is a, a giant uh, it's a chrono trigger reference and then a kind of like a psych you thought this was gonna be that but it's not uh, kind of thing on the chrono trigger reference uh, it is. It is very. It is reverential in that it is very respectful, and it occasionally nods to them. But it is so confident in being its own thing as well. Like it has the the overdrive gauge system that it uses, which is just sort of this additional bar that you have in combat where. It rotates through different types of abilities, and using those types of abilities uh, will decrease the bar. But using other types will increase it, and getting attacked increases it. And you want to keep the like gauge right in the center yeah. because if you it limit too break two yeah, it's 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 this this whole kind of like complex system. But once you get it, it turns combat combat into this really cool flow and makes sure that you're not just spamming the same attacks over and over again. Uh, the way it handles your party and makes switching out very quick and easy, and like holds your buffs over when you bring people back. in, in, um, and then, like the sky armor, having like a slightly different but still similar and understandable system, and the the pace at which it introduces all these mechanics, so that you're able to grasp one and then get a new one, and then fully grasp that one, and then you get a new one. Uh, it's just really good. Um, and and the art is beautiful, and the music is beautiful, and it's, it, it's it's there's a lot of secrets. There's tons of hidden stuff. I I did not all of the hidden stuff but i did all that i wanted to and i felt very satisfied at the end of this game. Um so if you're like a, if you're an RPG nerd i i definitely play ch- play chain echoes if you haven't yet. I think my only complaint about it is the story was a little dissonant thematically. Uh mm. it it is very much a story about how war is really terrible.
3: Never changes.
2: And a lot of things in war <laughs> are bad and it hammers that home for a while. And then there's something at the very end of that game that I feel is very dissonant with the themes that happen up to that point, and I was a little frustrated with how it kind of uh, weakened its own message. But oh. otherwise, very good. Hope they do a sequel.
0: Or it's cool, actually. Um,
2: no, it's, it's not quite. John
0: like that. Rambo shows up at the end. <laughs>
2: it's more like the whole idea of certain all these different things can happen in war and all of these things are, i don't want to spoil it for people but all these things are really bad but then it's like okay but this one thing that is really bad when our enemies do it is actually just fine when we do it oh uh-huh. it's that kind of thing i wasn't super thrilled okay. about that
0: well i'm still gonna i was all in on this game and then i got the octopath review and then yeah. i was like well as soon as i'm done with octopath i'm going back into this but then started playing metroid prime whoops remastered it uh yeah that's the greatest game ever so you haven't played that one yet dear god it's so well done and i'm don't want to in fact i'll talk to you guys later i'm gonna go play wait (laughs) i like like you all i like you all more than metroid Prime master so oh wow that's high
2: praise from Seth.
0: but um yeah wow that game is super amazing um i can't recommend it enough if you've never played the original i think it's a this is the way to do it like if, if you've always wanted to, like obviously it's hard to play the original. You have to get the old GameCube out and you have to spend like $80 now, I think is how much the disc is going for. But yeah, like go download it. It's $30 to download on the eShop. Um, yeah, man, what a great game. I forgot how much I love this game. Like I already talked about how much love I love Do you love the it, game, Seth? I love it. Met- you know what? Metroid Here's the thing. Here's a, Put this in the in the NVC wiki. Seth Macy loves Metroid Prime. And loves Metroid Prime. So Metroid Remastered. Prime is interesting.
3: I, I was having a conversation with uh, Pear, um, I think this morning or something like that. And he was kind of lamenting just the lack of marketing around it, how it was just mm-hmm. shadow dropped, um, how Nintendo seemingly was caught f- flat-footed by the demand for the physical version. Absolutely. <laughs> and yes. I, I was like, well, I think there's a reason for that, which is that Metroid has historically has never sold. Yeah. Right. And no, it's not. It I doesn't. I was talking do well. to some industry friends of mine. I was like, "Well, why is Metroid always struggled to sell, including Metroid Prime, which you would think would be more mainstream?" And they posited that it was kind of stuck in this kind of middle ground, where you know s- shooter fans were not going to be very interested in it because it's not your typical shooter. It's more of a puzzle oriented experience. It, maybe the gunplay is not very good, or whatever, but it's not really oriented around gunplay, as it were. But meanwhile, um, the family audience that traditionally have really pushed Pokemon and Mario and that kind of thing might be intimidated by kind of the hard sci-fi horror aspect of Metroid Prime. So it might be stuck in a kind of uncomfortable middle ground. And I think Nintendo just had somewhat low expectations Mm. for a Metroid Prime remaster, and maybe that's why they were surprised by it. And then Parrot was like, well, I think it's a, a self self-fulfilling prophecy ultimately. And whether or not they mm. um actually marketing it, I would, it's funny. They were just showing Metroid other M other M. And, uh, some people I was talking to were saying maybe Nintendo, what Metroid needs is a reinvention, more of a third person kind of experience rather than a first person experience. Um, mm. somewhere that, Hey, sits when you go more your third person, the prime series and the, uh, the 2d games, um, but that doesn't take anything away from Metroid Prime itself, which is an outstanding game, and the remaster is incredibly well done and a great value. And yep. um, it holds up I, magnificently I in this day and age. So go and play it.
0: Yes, there's no excuse. You have no excuse to not play this uh, perfect video game. <laughs> we have a few more minutes. We, we haven't we haven't checked in on you now. You you know your camera's been back for a while. We're really happy to see you again. Hi,
3: yeah, sorry. Jeffrey. Yeah.
1: Hi. Uh Cat Reb Seth, always so great to see you and to be <sighs> seen by you. Um uh yeah, I realized that I I was worried about being canceled with the Joy-Con thing and that was my camera turning off. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your, yeah. Your canceled, camera yeah. did it. <laughs> I uh no, I was going to say um to it's so funny last week I think we talked about like the trouble of trying to get Metroid Prime remastered physically and today I got it. This morning I was able to order it cuz it was like finally kind of yes! in stock. Uh, shout out again to IGN Deals. Um, what up,
0: IGN Deals? Yeah, yeah, I was Best able to deals. pick it up.
1: Uh, I, I'm able to. It's shipping to the store to pick up, so a little bit more painful wait, but it's almost over, and uh, I will be very excited to finally uh, uh, talk about because it'll be the because I mentioned this before, but it'll be my first time playing Metroid. Prime. Yeah, uh, first time in wow. treat. Wow. Yeah, I played Super Metroid and like the Game Boy Advance ones, but I've never played the 3D GameCube ones. Man,
0: I'm so excited for you because for of how good this game is. It's yeah. impossibly good. I'm right now at the part where I don't remember where I'm supposed to go, and I'm running back and forth. And I'm like, I'm not checking any guides. I got to make it through this just like I did back in the day. Um, I'll probably go to, to the guide I <laughs> eventually. I
3: One pet peeve with Metroid Prime. Oh, and- let's hear it. One of my least favorite things in a video game, and God of War does this too, is color-coded enemies, (laughs) where you have to switch to a certain weapon in order to take them out. And Metroid Prime leans on that trope liberally, especially going to the end. So that's my only complaint about Metroid Prime.
0: That's neither here nor there, because guess what? We are out of time. I'm sorry. Sorry. But, Jeffrey, that gives you more time to go play Metroid Prime when you go pick it up from Best Buy. But before we go, I have a few favors to ask. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. Some people take that literally, and I love that. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. helps us spread the good NBC word, and we will be forever in your debt. Special thanks to Red on the ones and twos, the Power Glove fan in the house. Most of all, thanks to you for hanging out with us. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can get that thing. thing. Get the thing.